Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And you are listening to Jump School, the podcast. Yes, the new <laughs> and improved Jump School, the podcast. Oh my gosh, man. Did you listen to last week's episode with Tyrone? No, but I did hear Hardcore Jump School, the podcast. Hardcore Jump Schooling? Did I never heard that. Did he say that on the podcast? No, I made that up just now. Oh. No, he was pretty funny because we were like, oh, what are you talking about when you say jump school? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that. <laughs> only only a lefty is going to think, hey, I know I got one cool name in me and everything gets it. It's kind of like it George is. Foreman naming all of his kids George. Hey, look, when you got perfection in a name, you just keep giving everyone the name. What was awesome is you and I were talking about the uh, upcoming summit. And you go, what should we call it? Jump school? <laughs> Jump school, the online conference? And I said to you, is that a joke? What else would we call it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, we actually had a couple of reviews. We did. I need to I need to give credit here to... Uh, <laughs> to Shy Panda. <laughs> You know what's probably funny is that's probably a real name just in another country. No. I, I bet you it is. I bet you I just totally laughed at someone's real authentic name. But uh, here's, the, here's the review in its entirety. I appreciate these guys. They bring a real and genuine heart and humor to challenging and relevant topics. Listen in and be blessed. Hey. We appreciate every five-star review, including the short and sweet ones. So for that, Shy Panda, 
All you've got to do is open up your Church Planner Magazine app, click the little gear column, column icon, there's the word I'm looking for, in the bottom right corner, tap the Contact Us Here button, link, and it's going to send me your device token, and I am going to give you Jump School, the video series, Jump School, the study guide. Whoa! That issue inside of the magazine, I'm going to unlock it for you. Free! Because... Dude, that's uh, a $20 value right there. Well... And it's the name Shy Panda. I mean, come on. I'm doing it more for the name than anything else. I think that's the coolest name ever. You yeah. know, I don't think Does you it? got I don't think you have your your good mic coming through on Skype. I think you oh, got I, don't. I think you got your standard mic. Just just okay. gonna throw that out there. Hold on, hold on. I will this is a brand new computer I'm on right now. I that's why I'll it keeps ready. crashing. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. You're right. Boom. Can oh. we start over? Dude, no now you got magical voice. Oh, yeah, baby. Right on. <laughs> Very white. And no, we can't start over because some of us have to work for a living. Yeah. We don't have NAM funding our personal lifestyle. Not me. See, that was Shy Panda. I thought I had another one. Oh, here. Yes. here. Here's the one from Travis. Travis says uh, listener number six, and I didn't understand what he what he meant when he said listener number six. And then I was listening to that episode, and I'm like, "Oh, we're only down to five listeners anyway." <laughs> so he was he was adding himself as number six. That's the reason. But he says that was funny. That was funny because we said you made the comment, and it's not true at all. But you keep saying stuff like, "Oh, we only have five listeners," and uh, and then and then he goes. Uh, a review from number six. <laughs> and then at the end he goes, well, at least you have six listeners now. <laughs> so he said, hey, you went from five to uh, five subscribers to six. You two guys uh, or these two guys let you listen into their private conversation on Star Wars, pop culture and some church planning. <laughs> yep. And then he put new podcast title. I like that. I like that. I think we should call it that. Star Wars pop culture and some church planning. I like it. What can we call it? If we merge Star Wars with church planning. Well, if you, you merge it, those two things, you would call it jump school. Uh, yeah, but. Jump school, Rogue One. Yes, or the new jump school order. Ooh, I kind of like that. I kind of mm. like that. Knights of the old jump school. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Travis, if you want to get your copy of. Uh, Jump School the Onesie, uh, Jump School the Back Scratcher, Jump School the Videos, and the Jump School Study Guide in the magazine app. You got to do the same thing. Open up Church Planner Magazine on your iPhone or Android device. Hit the little icon down on the bottom of the screen for the uh, settings. And then there's a little link in there that says Contact Us Here or, or Contact Didn't Support. Did you just say this to Shy Panda? I did, but you know I what? I think if, he'll figure it out. I don't, you know, here's Scrub the thing. it backwards, man. If I don't tell people specifically what to do, they don't do it. I've literally only heard this like a month ago when I asked you, and you're like, don't you listen every, I'm like, no. <laughs> I, I literally, like, this is how bad it is. I didn't even know you do this on this show. I'm so busy thinking about the topic that I don't even hear you saying this. All I can say That's is, bad. you know, from a personal level, you're you're actually quite a letdown as far as like a friend goes. Just yeah, gonna throw that out there. Take take note, all of our listeners. If you want me for anything other than church planning, um, I will disappoint you. 
I will say this. We actually did a great interview yesterday. Yeah, we did. That was good. Because, and it wasn't for our podcast. It was for someone else's. It was, it was fantastic. Cause the guy was asking us, you know, uh, he, he contacted me and he goes, Hey man, I, I, I interview people. His name was Kimon, uh, Kimon Hines. And, uh, I don't even remember what the name of the podcast was, but he said, but it kind of hey, sounds like, Hey, uh, Kimon over here. Come on over here. See, I love that name. That's another, it's like Shai's great name. Yeah. He was a cool dude. And he, he was like, look, you know, I, I look at people who have started that he listens to the podcast, but he heard me on some family. I remember doing this cause it was so weird doing a family show. There was uh, when the book, when church zero came out, I had about 60 interviews. Cha-ching. Lined up. Cha-ching. And uh, Hey, thank you for that. I forgot. And, and, and uh, four, 59 of them fell through. Which was kind of a disappointment. No, 30, about 30 of them roughly did not happen because I was adopting Eden at that time. And she was in the NICU in Minnesota. And so there was just no way because I had my. So it's Eden's fault. I got you. My other girl. Yeah, no, seriously, like half my my interviews. But I remember taking this one. It was like a, a family show on like family. And I remember thinking, how in the heck did church? I don't think they knew what in the heck hit them. Like you know, talking about church is zero on that show. And uh, anyways, but he heard me through that, got connected to the podcast and interviewed us. And when he, when he messaged me, he's like, Hey, I want to talk to you guys about how you started all this stuff up. And I'm like, yeah, I, I told him I'm going to need my partner for that. Cause he's, he's the heavy lifter on that stuff. So you let actually let me talk on the podcast. That's what kind of, that's why I thought it was such a good one. <laughs> I'm like, Pete, let me talk. <laughs> you talked a lot on that one. It's, that's because, you know, I got these things called knowledge bombs, and I was just setting them off left and right. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was a really good podcast, I got to say, because he wanted to know about how we did it. Um, how did you start the magazine, the podcast? What's the first thing you tell people? It was good. It was really practical, you know, startup stuff. It was it was good. And that's what his podcast is primarily for, is for uh, entrepreneurs and and some church stuff. Yeah. And and that's why it was kind of funny to me because I'm like, well, if someone's an entrepreneur and they have no idea what church planting is or the church in general, they just got a full dose of <laughs> of the church right there. It was, it was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah. Yeah. I want to listen to it when he finally uh, publishes it. Is he going to tell you when he publishes it? Where is the beat? Sorry, man. I just got a message. You got to cut that out. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is this guy talking about? I just saw it. Sorry. What did, what did you ask me? Oh, what's in the box? <laughs> you want to kill me right now, don't you? <laughs> well, let's just move right along. <laughs> and and we're just going to, and by the way, this is, this is yet another reason why I love working with Peyton Jones. Cause I get his full attention. See, some of you guys, you think, you know, Pete doesn't get his full attention. I get Peyton's full attention. I'm, yeah. I'm right there. Hey, so let me ask you something, Peyton. Um, I was thinking about this this last week. And, uh, you know, when it comes to church and stuff like that and, and collecting tithe, uh, sometimes it really helps a church if you can have an online giving portal or, or even a text-based giving portal. But I see some churches out there that are using PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder. Is that something you would recommend, Mister Church Planning Ninja Guru? Uh, no, I would. I would. Yes, 
I would definitely recommend that. No, 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 I would not recommend that. No, PayPal's bad. PayPal's bad, bad. PayPal would not recommend it. What what would you recommend for a church in need like that? I would I would recommend MoGive. MoGive. M O G I V E. No way. No, no, definitely not that. It's M O G I V dot com. <laughs> but for you, for Dude, you, if there's ever two guys to ever pull out or, or point out a company's shortcoming, it's us. <laughs> and repeatedly for about M O G I V forward slash church for about 80 episodes we've pointed out hey guys seriously you couldn't put an e at the end of your name (laughs) no kidding right (laughs) it's just love hate relationship with mogith no actually it's all love on our side that's the problem literally you know what i did today it's funny um i you know guys you gotta know i think you know us by now we don't we don't you know we don't make stuff up um, for, well, we make stuff up all the time. Oh, <laughs> no, for our advertisers, we uh, it, it's legit. So I was literally today um, going through on MoGive all the givers. I was looking at 2016, 2015, and 2014 through our campaigns, just looking at who gave during this year. Who have we lost? Like you can literally track, you know, what people give, what the av- how many givers you got. What the the average donation is, um, you can track people's giving by year, by month. It, it's pretty cool. So I was just looking because uh, for New Breed, um, we train church planners at no cost to them. But, you know, we're dependent upon uh, people, you know, donating to New Breed. So if you like a lot of the stuff coming out, Jump School, you know, New Breed, Hey, head on over there and, uh, you know, check out our giving page. But that goes through New Breed. But we can track, you know, what people give. So today I, I went on there and I saw that someone dropped a thousand dollars on us, uh, earlier in the year. Who, and who I was it? No, huh? Who was it? It, it wasn't you. <laughs> I know it wasn't me. <laughs> Ironically, I need to know of all the Mo gives I give to, cause I actually just, uh, uh, did a, a, a drop on someone, uh, this last week. Be their MoGiv. Yeah. I don't I don't use MoGiv for refuge because I just cut them a check. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I know that's not me. That's awesome, dude. And so here's here's the deal is I was able to to see this. Now imagine this guy dropped a K on us and I didn't know. And I just was trying to see who have we lost over the last two years. And what I'm getting ready to do is start just calling people and telling them, hey, I want to tell you all the cool stuff that's going on. And and see if that, you know, because sometimes people give and then they think, you know, maybe, maybe they don't need me anymore. And so they drop off. And uh, so it was a way for me to go back and look and, and see. And you can do that even for your church, particularly if you're a church plant. You can look at the people that have dropped off and, and call them up and say, hey, you know, I want to tell you about the exciting stuff going on in the church. And they might renew their, they might say, hey, I used to give, but I can't. You're not asking them that. But uh, but it's important. It's a handy tool. So you know, I'm, I'm gonna give Mo give today. I'm gonna give everyone a little uh, idea here. It's a freebie. I would actually encourage that uh, you might want to go to different churches' um, websites or maybe some nonprofits that you really like and drop some money on them via their online giving portal, and then see how they follow up with you. And the reason why I say that is I actually um, gave to someone's uh, nonprofit. I don't remember when it was. I, it, it was a while ago. 
And I was really impressed with how they followed up with me. I mean, the letter that they sent me, the, uh, you know, almost like the jump school onesie they included with it, the stickers, all that stuff. It was really impressive, man. And I think you can learn from that and take that and apply it to your own church. So that way you have kind of uh, what we would call a follow-up sequence in business of, okay, Mm -hmm. if someone does this, we want to do that. And one of the things that nonprofits have found is that the best time to ask for more money is when they just gave you money. Mm. And so that's why the professional nonprofits and what I mean by professional, I mean, the big guys, the, uh, the red crosses, the make a wish, if you donate money to them, they're going to send you back a thank you letter with a, by the way, would you like to donate more? A little thing for you to fill out. So That's awesome. Just a little, uh, just a little something for you guys. You might want to, you know, hit some people back like that. Well, it, it's funny you're saying this because what I did immediately is I, I hit him with a thank you and said, hey, thanks for that. I just saw the report. Uh, super blessed, super humbled. Um, would you consider an ongoing partnership with us? Nice. Boom. Was this a yeah. uh, new breed or, or it was a new breed? Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I still do that with Refuge. I still, because that's an inner city church plant, I still point people towards Refuge as well because Refuge is the type of church plant that will need sponsorship. And they're still seeing people saved. I mean, I just got a uh, report of this barbecue they just did. We're, we're a big barbecue church, man. We throw barbecues in the park, serve hundreds of people. And, uh, oh, people yeah, just yeah. Come, That was yeah, like people, Memorial Day weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. It was huge. And uh People are coming to faith, man. I just, I love it. I love the work that Refuge is doing. And there's a sacrifice. It's so funny. There's a sacrifice to actually reach people that we have to make, you know, as a church. Like, uh, we're, we're pouring a lot of our resources, a lot of our energy into things that do not build our church, so to speak, but they reach unchurched people. And, uh, so it's kind of cool, you know, be nice think, to do both. I think Refuge both. should have like, a 3000 gallon uh, aquarium <laughs> to attract Remember people. That? Yeah. Remember that? I you do. walk in under the root. Dude, that would have been so cool. I would have loved going to that church. <laughs> yeah, would have. I don't know that Actually, I could have justified that money, but I would have loved it. It's so funny though, because you got to tell everyone what we're talking about. So we're talking and, and I wrote a blog, like I wrote a blog that shocked people that know me because I actually played middle of the road devil's advocate Everybody was bagging on this giant, was it 3,000 gallons? Is that what you said? Oh, I, I don't know what, it was bigger than that, I'm sure. It was, it was incredibly huge. Right. Well, you know, um, here's, here's the deal, right? Um, uh, my, um, my take on that was because I, I saw it's when you walk out the back, of the sanctuary there's a giant fish tank and it says go be fishers of men or something like that be fishers of men and there's a bunch of like tropical fish and the thing like the whole wall and the doorway you walk under it's kind of like when you go to um what's that what's that one restaurant that's like a jungle rainforest cafe oh yeah yeah. they got stuff like that in there and uh so anyways, there was a, there's a little bit of con- people were throwing rocks at it and saying, Oh, you know, that's stupid. And Cause it costs like three of- or $4 million to build it. And I don't yeah. even know what the maintenance on that is, but waste of kingdom dollars. And Hey, I get it, man. I mean, I've, I, 
the amount of churches I could I could plant for that. If we're talking like Schindler's List, looking at, hey, for these cufflinks, man, there's two more, you know, this car, 10, you know, whatever. That's how I think about everything. But at the same time, if if it truly and really every week gets people to notice, I must be a fisher of men. And that investment has, if people really do give a rip, and if that church really pours that much into evangelism, not not just the fish tank, then I'm in. I'm like, hey, if it really caused people, every single person in that church to look and go, man, I it's that important. I need to be a fisher, man. Then, uh, then I'm in because for me, I, I know people go, oh, wait a second. All I got to say is, look, guys, the temple, God did that already. He poured all this money into a building. I know people are going to, oh, no, it's a building. God did it in the Old Testament. It was called the temple at Jerusalem. It, it, had the central theme of atonement running all through it. And yes, God did pour millions of dollars into a building to convey a principle. So am I going to defend it? No, but I'm also not going to stand by and have people say it's absolutely unbiblical because it's not. Well, I'd be willing to bet that most people who complained about it probably haven't invited a friend in years to church. Right. right. <laughs> so. so for me, because it was evangelism themed, I, I was just slightly more open to it. If it weren't, I, I would have been probably throwing rocks at it too. But, you know, I it, it just made me think. I thought, huh, that'd be kind of cool, you know, every time you're going out. Other I, people just have a sign that says, go be the church, you know. Um, I remember a buddy of mine who's a $29. A buddy of mine who at the time was a, a bishop in his uh, Mormon church ward, whatever they call it, right? And we were talking about the Crystal Cathedral. This is back when. Robert Schuler was this is Robert Schuler, right? That's who Crystal yeah. Cathedral. He was still alive and kicking, and and he's like, yeah, it just seems you know it's so gaudy. I, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> I remember thinking, right. wait, you're Mormon, right? Have you not seen the temple down in San Diego uh-huh. that they won't even let non Mormons into? I mean, I was like, um, talk about uh, the old uh, pot calling kettle black there. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, hey, man, should we get into our topic or should we uh, do you got any smack talk? You know, I don't have anything good except that uh, I got a new patio cover. It's really awesome. I saw that in my wife last night. She she was looking at Facebook and she goes, why can't we have things like Pete has? <laughs> it was really like, oh, man. And I go, hon, do you know how much money? No, I'm just teasing. That you, you said you said, hon, that's because I have to become a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> and go through Pete's church planner training. This course, babe, with Pete. No, you know what? The the funny thing is, is that uh, she did. She really admired your your patio cover, and uh, I I kind of decided I need to come over there and hang out with you, dude. I was telling Jamie, I go, we got to get some friends. Come on, we'll come out and hang with you, dudes. I, we got we got the patio cover, which honestly it looks gorgeous. Like I keep working outside now, and yeah. and you know me, I hate the outdoors. Yeah, and I'm like, dude. Why am I working in my office? I'm going to work out here. Yeah. And then we got a, um, we got some, some new, you know, outdoor patio furniture. And the coolest thing is though, is we got this, uh, it's like a table that yeah. at the center of it has the fire pit, you know, a gas yeah, fire right. pit. Yeah. So last night we're all having s'mores. I'm like, yeah, oh, without me. And Luke's like s'more. What's a s'more? It's kind of sticky. <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny and so i go i go you want s'more s'more you know that whole joke and he's like no i just want a s'more (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So when when I went, I stopped by your house a couple of weeks ago. And when I got out of the the, you, you pulled up, and uh, Luke sees me, and he just starts, ba-ding, ba-ding, ba-ding. he's bouncing off every hard surface, man. Talking, come out of my room, play with my Darth Vader. He's grabbing all of his toys, starting to pull them out, and I know shaking your head like. Just, you know, that's the way he is, man. That's the way he go, rolls. go, go, go. That's the way he rolls. So, uh, hey, before we uh, we move on and because you can't hear my sound effects, I don't. it's got to be your computer because nothing's changed on me. my end. It ain't me. It's you. I, I don't think it is. I think it's you. Um, but uh, anyway, what I would like to say is this is uh, Peyton. Are you a math pastor? Already? Are we changing when we do this? Yeah, we are changing it up. Are we getting a new one? Well, let's just say uh, we're changing this up. Good. Okay. All right. Well, because I have, I was going to approach you with an advertiser today. So nice. Okay. All right. All right. Nice. Um, uh, You know what? I've been doing the math, Pete, and I've pretty much decided that I'm not good at math. We need more (laughs) advertisers. I've been doing the math (laughs) and I've decided I'm not actually good at the math. Absolutely. So, no. Well, let me ask you something else. I bet then, if you're not good at math, you're probably great at administration. Suck at it. You probably love doing payroll. Uh, What is that? IRS issues? Is that a big check in your box? I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even (laughs) understand the question, man. Well, stop it. A better solution is here. It's called SimplifyChurch.com. Heck yeah. Simplify Church will simplify your church. By the way, uh, we have a um, global missionary who's with us, uh, Jerry McCarty. And this week, he made a reimbursement request, and I was able to write to Simplify Church and say, cool, how much has he got? How much is paid out? How much has come in? Boom. And every single transaction was summarized, and boom, we were able to see his balance. So you don't even got to track it. They're tracking stuff for you. Dude, it's great. That's awesome. So they take care of all the math, all the payroll, all the insurance headache, workman's comp, everything that you don't like to do, they simplify your church. Yep, and they'll keep you out of jail. Even better. Mm, always a good thing, unless God calls you to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there are other ways to get involved in prison ministry. We do not suggest Dude, that. Ruben and I were talking about that because I wanted to get involved in prison ministry. Yes. Speaking of prison ministry. Yes, and he's like, <laughs> I know a way that we can get you into jail. <laughs> <laughs> he knows many ways to get into jail. He's like, I've been there before. I know the path. I can show you the road. <laughs> so uh, anyway, what is today's topic? So today's topic is the church planter and work ethic. So uh, I I guess Doc Brown ought to take us away. Well, let's see. Do I have Doc Brown? Yeah, I do. Here we go. Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. I got nothing. I'm waving you in, buddy. Doc Brown (laughs) has played. It's time for you to go. (laughs) I can't even hear him. I know. It's you got to fix your computer for this week's topic. You know, the other thing is I did upgrade my um, my OS on my Mac. And I don't know. Maybe oh. that's got something to do with it. It's you. I'm telling you. Because all, all this does is it ports the sound through a different source on my computer. So uh, anyways, hmm. hey, so guys, we need to talk to you about a work ethic. Now, Pete and I are grumpy old men. We work hard for our money, right? I mean, well, Pete works hard for his money. I just work hard. 
And uh, what? <laughs> I work hard for my debt. <laughs> I work hard for the Lord. And uh, so, so here's the deal, right? And and I do like no no doubt. Um, I actually do work hard. Um, I've been in ministry, gosh, for um, all going on twenty four years, man. Paid ministry. Start off part time, which part time was thirty hours a week for $700 a month. That was, that was how much I got paid. I was 19 years old. They made me a youth pastor. I was in nursing school and, uh, and I would go to that church and I would read and study. I was 19 and the oldest kid in my youth group was 18. It was kind of weird. And, uh, I worked my butt off, man. I was working hard in nursing school and then I'd come study sermons and I'd prep a number of sermons a week. I'd disciple kids and, uh, and as, as time went on, I remember the treasurer once saying to me during that time, she just said, you know, uh, people give to this church. And I always think that's a holy thing. That's between them and God. And she goes, and the money that, that, that comes in, it, it's holy. She goes, I, if I'm being supported to do this, like I'm working for God. And she goes, and to be honest, that kind of terrifies me a little bit mm. that I'm, I'm his employee, you know? And I know we always, you know, gospel center people say, you don't, you're not God's employee. Kind of like, you know, Alex early brought up and that's true. You're his son first, but when you're set or aside, daughter. yeah, when you're set aside, I mean, Paul used the term slave. Because he's basically saying, I have no rights. I do as I'm told. I lay down my life. I, I would, I would die for my master. And, uh, and so when it comes to work ethic, one of the most disappointing things in church planning is that you can encounter church planners who have a strong sense of calling and they have a, a gift of leadership and incredible gifting. And the place where they fall short is they have no work ethic. And I think for us as grumpy old men, as we get older, we look at the young generation, just like our, the generation before us looked at us. And now we're them grumpy old men. And we go, there's no work ethic. I, I don't know if that's actually true. I see a lot of young people. With it is for millennials, but anyway, go on. No, but I, I, you know, they, they but the generation, the boomers said that about Gen X and well, uh, they were right then too. Ab- absolutely. I know. Cause I compete against them in business and I crush them. Well, and, and so, yeah, you, you, you do, but, but here's the deal. I think a lot of what we're talking, I mean, you and I have mileage behind us. We've lived life. Like, for example, young entrepreneurs, when they want to write their, their, uh, life story, how I, you know, dude, you've only been at it for a couple of years. Like you haven't failed yet. You haven't, mm. you haven't really seen life yet. Like you don't have much to tell. You can't write a biography at 20 years old, right? Um, you gotta have some mileage behind you. And, uh, it, that's, that, that produces credibility. And so no one wanted to hear about how I did anything at 25 years old. I mean, really, I've, I'm just telling how, how I've been in ministry at 19. No one really wants to, I wouldn't tell you what I knew back then. What I will tell you is I started working hard. And the reason I worked hard is I had a lot to, I, you know, I was in Southern California. There was Chuck Smith. Chuck Swindoll, there was all these great, you know, Rick Warren, Larry Osborne. There were all these incredible leaders around me that 
I just realized, like, I'm, I have a lot of catching up to do. And these guys worked hard. Warren Wiersbe was the guy, I think, uh, of the commentary series. I read his book called Be Myself. And that book, he really talks about his own work ethic. And that impacted me deeply. Because a lot of church planners, there's just stuff that they don't do that they need to do. And in Jump School, the training, not the musical, we actually have a section in there on character. And we talk about the work ethic because the, the reality is that is a character issue. If you can't sit down and get stuff done, you're not going to make it and your church isn't going to make it. Now, don't get me wrong. You can delegate, but that's a major, major issue. You have to work hard. And what happens is, you know, over time doing this, you know, Pete, when you first start working for yourself and that's what ministry is, is, is really like, you really, no one's monitoring you. There's not a boss. They're not asking you to punch a time clock. You have to discipline yourself to get stuff done. And if you don't learn that self-discipline to say no when the Xbox console is calling, mm. when, you know, the, the Facebook is calling, when, um, you know, YouTube is calling. I mean, we didn't have all that crap back then. You know, we had video games. I remember back then it was like Warcraft 2, you know, it was like the big thing that, that, that I struggled with, you know, it was like, oh, it's calling, but, but I did it at night, you know. But I, I literally, my big issue was becoming a workaholic because I loved ministry so much. I do it from the time I got up to the time I went to bed. I'm not like that anymore, but I still work hard. There's instilled in me a work ethic. And when I hire an intern or someone starts working, the thing I struggle with, and I, and I had a buddy who is a business owner, he took me aside and said, hey, man, you got to be careful because not everybody's going to work as hard as you. These are young people, and they're still learning that skill. And so, Pete, what, what would you say is one of the things that helped you develop a work ethic when you started working for yourself? My wife. <laughs> Not true. Buy me diamonds. No, no, I don't even mean that. I mean, there we can both point to this one day. I was a financial planner. I'd quit my regular day job. I'm doing financial planning. I would say, quote, unquote, full time because... I don't know that I, I've ever really done anything full time, <laughs> but uh, she got home because she, I don't know what she did in the morning. She probably went ice skating or coaching or something, right? But she came home from work at like 9 a.m. And I remember jumping up out of bed really quick and like <laughs> run into the shower. And <laughs> she was ticked because she's like... <laughs> I've already been up. I've been working. It's 9 a.m. What are you still doing in bed? Which is a fair question. What was I doing in bed at 9 a.m.? <laughs> Who knows, man? And uh, like things changed after that. I was like, dude, no matter what, I got to make sure I'm up and working. Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, I think it takes time for people to learn that that discipline. And and I say unfortunately because I don't I don't know how to manufacture it, I don't know how to give someone a work ethic, I, I don't know how to motivate them. I don't think you can motivate someone to work. No, it's got to be cannot. like they want to do it, you know. And so I don't know, man. I just I just remember that was a turning point, and I was like, okay, I'm making the decision. I'm going to be up and working every morning by eight or whatever you know the the time was. So yeah, 
No, that's really, man, that is really helpful because I think that gives people hope, Pete, because I know you, man. I know how hard you work. And it's kind of like just to hear that story for our listeners, man. I'm sure they're going, wow, you know, like I never would have thought like there, there's hope for me then, you know, and there, there is hope. You can always change and you can always uh, do it. But I, I think, I think perseverance, you know, one of the things about me is I'm stubborn. And I think that stubbornness has translated into perseverance where I'll just, we talked about this on that podcast we did yesterday where I was just saying, you know, he was saying, Hey, when you hit obstacles, you know what? An obstacle doesn't have to be like a roadblock that is external. It can be an internal roadblock. We all have things that we do. I mentioned that, you know, that, that, that we don't want to do things that are on our to-do list. I have developed a skill of doing those first. And it sucks because sometimes I'll come away from a day going, that was the suckiest day. I got a lot done, but it was the least satisfying day I think I've ever had. And for me, I kind of, I remember reading John, John, uh, wasn't John Piper. It was, um, oh shoot. Uh, disciplines of a godly man. I can't remember the guy who wrote that. Um, shoot. And he was talking about how he's sitting on an airplane once and he had a donut that, you know, I don't know where he got a donut from on an airplane or maybe it was coffee cake or something. And the stewardess hadn't come around with the uh, coffee yet. And he was like, you know, he's looking at that, that coffee cake or donut or whatever it is that came on his little food tray. And he's thinking, if I wait for the coffee cart to come around, that, that donut is going to be so much better. And he goes, but, but I couldn't wait. So I took a little bite and I thought, just wait, just wait. That coffee cart's coming. He's like, and after another couple minutes, I didn't have another bite. And he goes, I ate the whole thing. And then the coffee cart came and he goes, and, and he goes, I've learned in life that it's better if you were, if you endure and then you enjoy, you endure and work hard and then enjoy. And he's using as a principle of, you got to persevere, man. Just And he said, you know, and I should have just been concentrating on my work and this and that. But at the end, he said, if you work hard now, there's you'll enjoy the reward more. And he said, if I had just persevered, I would have enjoyed that donut with that coffee so much better. And and I think for, for me, when I knock those hard things out, I don't put them off forever so that they stack up. I strategically do my schedule so that. I have a couple hard tasks that I do and I make sure that the crappy stuff that I'm doing those, it's a discipline. I do the crappy, stupid stuff I hate. That's what we call it in the jump school training. That's the name of that section. I don't just do the stuff I like. Now are you talking the about the uh, like. online training or the DVD? Uh, I was actually talking about the jump school Star Wars trilogy, jump nice. school, a new hope, uh, jump school strikes back and return of the jump school. <laughs> So, uh, return of the jump school is year two. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the new name. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but you know, and, and, and that's, that's a discipline. You, you're going to encounter things in church planning, setting up a 501c3, setting up a bank account, um, you raising support, all that kind of stuff. We talk, then nobody likes doing that stuff. If you do, then you're a math pastor. <laughs> oh, that would have been a great segue. <laughs> You know, a couple of things that I'll say on this topic is 
one, um, how you were saying you got to do the, uh, the things you don't like to do and you've kind of made a discipline. I'm going to get that stuff done and out of the way. Bill Phillips wrote a book called body for life years ago, which I took to heart, which is why I've got such an awesome body today. Just, you Dude, check your abs out. You just see them popping through the screen. You can see them popping through the, the party ball, the, the keg <laughs> that I got. And, um, he, he had a line in that book and he goes, do feared things first. And for an entrepreneur, there's a lot of things that we fear. Yeah. I don't like, uh, cold calling. I hate cold calling. I won't do that for anything. Um, but I also, because I, I don't like cold calling so much, I even hate calling back clients. I, I hate the phone. It's not like not something I enjoy being on or using as a tool even, but that's kind of what you got to do when you're an entrepreneur or a church planner, you got to do those feared things first. You got to get them done and out of the way. And then it makes life so much easier because it's usually only takes like a couple minutes to do that crap. And then you're like, Oh, cool. It's over. And you it, go it's the so true. Thing. Isn't it? It becomes this, this giant thing in your mind that you can't, uh, it's kind of like the elephant and the tent stake, right? Um, they'll tie a full grown elephant to a tent stake and he's mentally convinced because when he was young, he couldn't pull a tent stake out. And so what they do is they, they tie an elephant when he's young, the whole thing, an elephant never forgets to a tent stake. So when he's old, they got a place to tether him. He could rip that thing out of the ground, but he doesn't believe he can. And so a lot of, a lot of our obstacles are mental. They're internal obstacles. And we, we avoid things we don't like doing. And if you do that, stuff's going to pile up. And that is part of the work ethic. I think sure. the other thing too that you have to, um, kind of take to heart is that you have to fail. Like in our society, we look at failure as a negative and in business, I look at failure as a positive. It means you stepped up to bat, right? And I hate working with people who have never known failure. Cause I'm like, dude, you're going to be a pain to work with. You're going to always think you're right. Just because you happen to have been lucky in the past one or two times you, you got to go through this failure and kind of the way that I liken it is you look at uh, a guy like Ty Cobb. He has the highest batting average uh, of anyone in the history of the major league baseball over his 24 careers. He batted like a, a 0.322, which means the majority of times he was at bat, he was out. He either mm. struck out or he popped it up and someone caught it or he got thrown out. But the majority of times he was at bat, he was out, and he's got the highest batting hmm. average ever. And you kind of got to look at that in everything that you do, in church plan and all this other is you just have to get up to the plate. And there's there's uh, hmm. there's a magic that happens in just stepping up to the plate and just you know constantly going through the motions. And even if the majority of times you're you're out, um, you could still be the best you know batting average ever. Uh, even yeah. with the majority of the times being out. Yeah. And there's a guy, um, oh shoot, why can't I remember? I can't remember anything today. Um, he's, he's the guy that's like 60 days to whatever. Is it Dan? I want to say Dan Brown. No, it's not Dan, right? Dan Smith, Dan. 60 days know. to what? I don't know. 60 days to something. What can I get in 60 yeah. days? I want to know what it is now. That's a marketing thing. What, <laughs> what can I get in 60 yeah, days? He, he teams up with Hyatt a lot. And what, what's cool about, what he says, I think it's Dan Smith. And what he says is that, you know, if you don't, if you don't 
start, you'll never fail. And so a lot of people just never start. So they don't ever fail. Yeah. And, um, and he has this thing where he, he, he started, it was like 60 days to your dream job or making, you know, whatever it was, it was working for yourself and making enough income to survive 60 days to that. And, uh, what, what he says on there is, um, when he sent his, his book out, he said it was spiral bound and he sent it out to a bunch of people and sold it that way. And he goes, now I knew it wasn't in a fit state, but it, I knew it had value. And so I sent it out and he goes, and some people want to perfect something before they, yep. before they launch it. And he goes, so I always, he goes, I have this mantra. It's a launch first, launch now, perfect later. Yeah. I think it was Jim Collins who coined the phrase, don't let good become the enemy of great. Mm. And that's the the whole thing with certain guys who are perfectionists. Like you're much more of a perfectionist than I am. Almost I am. everybody I deal with yeah. is much more of a perfectionist than me. And I'm like, dude, let's just, you know, like in marketing, I'll say the worst sales letter used is better than the best sales letter, letter that never gets used. Cause at least yeah. I'm using it. I'm getting it out there and, I'm taking, I'm, I'm stepping up to the plate, right? If I don't step yeah. up to the plate, nothing else matters. So let's bring this down to church plan. Here's some principles, guys. These are true principles. And can you find them in the scripture? Yes. Did Jesus call the 12 before they're ready? Yes. Did Jesus send them out before they're ready? Yes. He sent out the 12. He sent out the 72. That, those were two separate occurrences, if you ask me. And then lastly, did he send them out? At Pentecost, before they were ready, yes, they weren't perfect. I mean, Paul later goes and rebukes Peter for hypocrisy around the circumcision group he talks about in Galatians. So Jesus uses imperfect people. He launches imperfect things. When Pentecost kicked off, they didn't have deacons. They didn't have what they needed to handle what was happening. So um, just be aware that this is a principle. Go do it. Go do what you got to do. Do what God's called you to do. And don't avoid it. Because you don't feel that it's going to work or it's going to, you know, you're going to have what you need. Um, do what God has called you to do. And so that's part of a, a work ethic is having this, this faith to do what you got to do, having the willingness to risk. Uh, Pete mentioned fear as the opposite of, you know, moving forward. So all these things tie in. Just to give a couple um, practical tools, one of the things that I learned was uh, Barry, who works on the magazine. I worked with his dad. When I was a church planner in the Starbucks, um, I was coming home to America. Every year I'd come home for a month, and my boss said, there's no way that's going to happen. And so I said, okay, well, look, I'm probably going to have to quit um, because it's really important my wife to see her family. And, uh, you know, if you want to hire me when I get back, you know, no worries. But if you don't, uh, it's fine. So right before I quit that job, um, uh, Barry's dad, a guy named Tony, Tony, I, I mentioned him in church zero Cha-ching! and, uh, Tony was a guy, um, he was a businessman, entrepreneurial, really cool. He wrote his own training courses back then, made tons of money. And he saw that I was an RN and he said, look, you know, I need a psych nurse to write care plans for people with learning uh, or developmental disabilities, but you know, a lot of times they have psychiatric issues. So people with Down syndrome get dementia or they get chronic depression and I need care plans. So I, I'm not qualified. Can you do this? And so I got hired by him 
And it was the perfect job, man. I, it's what we talk about. Maximum pay, minimum hours, and maximum exposure. And um, so what happened was I took this job and uh, it freed me up to church plant. But the point is, he taught me something very valuable. He would sit down with me at the beginning of every month. He's usually on the first of the month. And he'd say, hey, Peyton, um, let's sit down and let's forward plan the rest of the month out. Mm. And 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 I had never, like, to me, that seemed like a waste of time. Let's just do the work. And he was like, no, you know, let's sit down and forward plan. And so we would sit down and he would plan out exactly what we we're going to do. And it would take about four hours to do it. And I'm telling you, we got so much done to the point where even now, when when people ask me, how are you doing all this different stuff? I, I, there are two tools. One is delegation. The other one is forward planning. For me to accomplish things, I have to be so strategic with my time that um, what, what I get guilty of is not having much margin. And so I have to schedule things. I might We might talk about something now. And I will schedule to sit down and do that maybe two weeks, maybe four weeks from now. It will go on my calendar. I will have a set time. I'm going to do that. And then if I don't get it done, I'll have to, I, and I'll have to let it run over. I might have to reorganize something on my calendar. I know this is really practical. I know it doesn't, you know, some of you guys are like, Oh, don't talk to me about this. I hate this stuff. But some of you guys out there, it's a skill that you need to learn. Um, I schedule. This, this sounds weird too. On my calendar, I schedule forward planning. So I'll come to my office and I'll be like, right, you got to sit down from this time to this time and you have to do it. And other things will want to choke and crowd that out. And I have to say, uh, confess that from April to May, none of this happened. But now I'm looking at my schedule up ahead and there's more projects. There's more things coming up. I have to to do this, to be strategic. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It, it's a big deal. I, I would say that it increased, it almost doubled my productivity to have forward planning. Um, I took a goals course this year with um, Michael Hyatt, where even what he did is he uses Evernote in each month. He does these folders in Evernote and, um, and that helped me. I used his method and it increased my productivity even more. So, uh, was that an online training and do you have a username and password that might, uh, make its way <laughs> over to someone else? I do. And no, I couldn't do that, Pete. <laughs> That's stealing. Uh, and I wouldn't ever ask you to do that. That, that would be <laughs> no wrong. No, it was just a theoretical hypothetical question. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Hey, um, the other thing is delegation. <clears throat> um, but Pete, before I move on to that, I mean, you, you juggle a lot of balls at the same time and spin a lot of plates. How do you do that? Man, sometimes I don't feel like I do it very efficiently at all mm. because th- the nature of who I am as a person is I am a complete wreck. Like if you looked at my desk, <laughs> I got a spot right here that I can actually work at. The rest is just crap, just papers. And I mean, I've had this pile over here for at least two years. I got so much tax forms in there and stuff. I mean, it's ridiculous. And a lot of people would look at that and go, oh, you can never be successful or whatever. And you got to realize that 
people have different personality types and oh, yeah. I, I don't believe that you need to buck your personality type. I think you need to embrace it and then work within it. Like I know a, a guy who's got really severe ADHD and so he just basically had to figure out all these hacks so he could get stuff done. And yep. he is so successful as a businessman. Like he puts me to shame. I don't even know how yep. many millions a year that guy makes. Um, and it's, and he's like, literally it's severe ADHD, like yeah. off the charts. And how does a person like that function? Well, he just came together and put all these, these hacks together of how he could work within that. And, um, so, you know, how do I deal with it? Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I deal with it as effectively as I'd like to, other than I am very results driven Yeah, and I want to get things done and, for me, the prize is always, uh, you know, making the money. It's closing the sale. Um, I get fired up and energized when I close a sale. I think all salesmen do. It's just like, it can be a small sale. You know, I, I did something where I make 500 bucks and I'm like, woohoo, man, I made 500, you know, and I'll do something <laughs> else. And, and, you know, I might make, you know, 30 grand. I'll be, woohoo, man. You know, it's like, just like I live for those moments. Yeah. And so, I just, I'm constantly, okay, what do I got to do to get to that? What do I got to do to yeah. get to that? So I don't, yeah. I don't know that I got a good answer for that. Yeah. No, that's, it's good because, um, you know, you, you bring to mind a book I read called, uh, on being a pastor by Alistair Begg and Derek prime. Hmm. A lot of guys don't know Derek prime. He's kind of a, a, a big mucky muck in the reform circles over in the UK. Um, Scottish minister, very good preacher, very good writer. And uh, his name was Derek Prime, and he was Alistair Begg's mentor. And so Alistair Begg and he write this book together. And what's brilliant about it is it follows kind of the same pattern that we just did, where I showed, hey, this is what I do. And you're like, hey, I'm a wreck. And yet you are extremely productive. So what what's amazing is this book does the same thing. So Derek Prime is very much on the Freudian scale, very uh, anal retentive, right? <laughs> and uh, he's he's got card catalogs for his illustrations. His sermons are all indexed, so he knows exactly how and where to find them. He has a schedule of reading. Um, th this is more who I am, right? Um, I, I have almost every single my, – my library is organized by the Dewey Decimal System. I'm not even joking. <laughs> so <laughs> – I am super anal retentive, like on that uh, scale. Have you I seen have, my library? That's my library over there. You see how like I got books hanging off the shelf. They're on top of each other. Hey, you got a Treadmaster. I never noticed that before. That's awesome. Dude, you're supposed to buy those and then you, you use them to hang clothes on and stuff. <laughs> it's a drying rack. So, so what's awesome is... Uh, you know, and then Alistair Begg comes in after each section and goes, you know what? Reading Derek's stuff, I'm so discouraged that I'm nothing like him. I wish I was like him, but this is how I do it. And it, it, and for me, it's what you said. It's like left brain, right brain, the, uh, whatever it is, personality, temperament. And these are two guys that are just awesome, awesome men of God, awesome leaders, You'd, you'd give your left arm to, to have a ministry like either one of them or have the impact they have. And they're nothing like they're polar opposites. And yet one guy's the other guy's mentor, but there's this respect going back and forth between these two guys. 
And so, guys, as you're out there, don't. Here's the golden rule, right? It's it's the oh wait, well, there's Jesus's golden rule. We we all. I was going to give you a different one. So, lest I blaspheme, <laughs> um, let me give you the golden rule according to Socrates: Know thyself. Um, and and that is a a perfect, you know, kind of clincher for this. You're not going to take everything I said and be successful if you take those things. Um, you, you, when I study people and I do study people's habits. So when, if I get to know you a bit, the, the conversation usually goes all over the realm of ridiculousness for a while. And at a certain point, I'll start asking you, what are your hobbies? What's your schedule? Who do you read? I'll start digging for life hacks. What you mentioned earlier, I'm looking for life. I'm looking for something you do that fits me, right? It sounds like I'm really selfless and I'm just interested in you. I, it, it's the opposite. I'm, I'm, I'm stealing your life hacks. And I, I didn't realize this about myself till years ago. I literally will read a book. I read books about people who read books. I read books about how, no, literally. I seem to remember an interview that you thought was just off the chain good <laughs> And I was like, this is one of the worst we've ever had. And I'm like texting you. I'm like, we're ending this at the half hour mark. Yep. You're like, no, no, let's keep going. And then your wife listened to it. And she's like, yeah, that was kind of boring. <laughs> and yeah. I felt vindicated. And and are geeking out on this subject. And, and so be encouraged, you guys. You don't have to be like anybody. But pick up from people. You'll find things at work that fit your temperament. And it may be from someone opposite as you. And, yeah. uh, you know. The the other thing, and then I know we're running out of time, aren't we, Pete? Yep. We're kind of at our limit. Yep. The other thing is delegation. Please don't understand when we say uh, or misunderstand when we say work ethic, like you have to do everything. Um, you don't. In fact, you shouldn't. Um, there are things you will hate doing, and sometimes those things are things you you should delegate to, like a simplifiedchurch.com. Exactly. Wow, what a segue. And then, and then at other times, guys, you, um, you, you, sh- you should, you, sh- you can't delegate. There are times you should delegate those things because there are people there that can do them. And then there are other times where you just can't. You have no option to delegate. No one can do those things. So, so my point is, guys, uh, make sure that you're able to, you know, the old saying, don't work harder, work smarter. There will be things like Simplify Church you should not be spending your time. If you're leveraging it, hey, it's going to cost me $200 to free up 10 hours a week. That's a no-brainer, right? If your church, if you're bringing in 400 you can't live off that anyways. Leverage that money so that that stuff's done right because chances are you're not even going to do it right. So, you know, find people and, you know, those are the two things for me. Forward planning and delegation. If if Pete weren't running the podcast and I didn't have a partner on the podcast, I would either find someone else to to, to leverage that for me, or I'd go get podcasting for dummies, which I did buy and I did read, didn't understand a word of it, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know I I would force myself when I was a missionary. I would force myself. The only reason I know how to use Photoshop is because I couldn't afford to buy graphics back then. And I, I had to learn to make my own graphics. And that's, those are just things you learn. So guys, I, I hope this has helped you today because you're not going to make it in church planning if you don't work hard. Paul boasts 
that he worked harder than than all. And 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 when Paul says that, I don't think most young men could keep up with the Apostle Paul. I think Wesley outworked most people, and I do think that hard work there is no replacement. Uh, it doesn't counteract against the Holy Spirit. I believe that it it's an energizing of the Holy Spirit. When you have a man who can have a work ethic like Moody, you study these great men of God, they had incredible work ethic. Spurgeon scheduled his days out to a T. If you read his autobiography, there's a whole chapter about how he scheduled his week in there. And um, if you learn this stuff, it is going to save you. And no one could point to these guys and say they weren't spirit-filled men. It was just when the Lord grabs hold of a man who wants to work for him and glorify him, um, you know, he'll anoint you. He won't anoint you if you don't work hard, by the way. Um, he won't because why would he? You know, you're not doing anything. Mm. So anyways, that's my that's my piece on war. Interesting, man. Interesting. Well, I'm not going to make a segue into a simplifychurch.com commercial. <laughs> We've done it like three times, right? <laughs> We've given them their money's worth. So so when we want to send them a report, we send them this one today. <laughs> we go, here, would you like to listen to your ad? Would you like to listen to how we promote you, Josh? There you go. Listen to that episode. Well, hey, I, I think I could talk about this subject forever. Like, it's one of my favorite subjects. So, uh, anyways, if you want more, um, you got to join Jump School because it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's the segue. Yeah. Head on over to jumpschooltraining.com and watch the video and sign up for the course. Amen, brother. All right. Well, hey, guys, this has been the Church Planner Podcast. And it's been Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones reminding you if you want to reach ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church